This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Welcome back to the show. We're in the last hour of the Power Zone right here on Power 98.7, the Tuesday installment of the show. And thank you very much to everyone uh, that uh, started the show with us uh, there at midnight and uh, the calls as we go into uh, Tuesday this morning. Excuse me, I told you that uh, we have Homozo Soketsa who's joining us uh, this morning as uh, the founder and chairperson of organization Petolo Yabopelo. So here we're going to be looking at issues of inclusive education. Uh, We know very well that the academic year 2024 is well underway, right? Uh, When we look at uh, the doors of learning and this morning we'll take a look at uh, the challenges faced by parents with children on spectrum or uh, children living with autism. Uh, We look at uh, the lack of inclusive education uh, here uh, at home in South Africa and also uh, just more or less take a look at the work that Petrolo Yabupilo, the organization has been doing in really pushing for inclusive learning especially in our communities. I mean really uh, when you look at it uh, there's a lot right, that needs to be done and Komoto would confirm as we go into uh, the show this morning. Komoto, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Katleho, um, and thank you very much for embossing me again. <laughs> <laughs> no, we really appreciate uh, you giving us your time because really these are the conversations that matter, right? Uh, here at home, we tend to really think about our own uh, and, and we like, yo, as uh, we go into the year, uh, who really would be on our radar? How do we give them support? How do we try by all means uh, in, in just to putting ourselves in their foot or in their boots to try and understand what they're going through as the year starts, which is why Libu was like, listen, let's talk about inclusive education and bring in Komoto and just try by all means to understand how the organization is faring as well. I, I can imagine that, you know, it becomes a really, really an important one uh, at the beginning of the year whereby parents are planning. We see a lot of families also coming through with ways to go into the new year, maybe doing things differently, approaching life differently and their likes. And and, uh, you know, we have uh, really uh, this issue of inclusive education that is a cause for concern has been one uh, for some time. And earlier on, we had a, a caller who told us about even a white paper uh, by government, a white paper six on special needs, a policy framework that is still worked upon uh, that really addresses uh, this issue. Where are we? How are we faring? Um, thank you very much for having me on the show. And firstly, let's just um, start by throwing in a big congratulations to the class year of 2023, yeah, the matriculates who yes. have done exceptionally well. Yeah, yeah. Looking at um, the challenges that are still hitting our South African education system, yeah. for us to really emerge that big, I think it's one of one of the biggest things where we could say um, it's a good year indeed, and we are heading to great heights. I've just looked into the challenges that we are facing as a country. I mean, as an organization, we've already started hitting the ground and with a very, very sore feet because now you look at parents every day who are roaming with kids. Even today, I hear the news talking about Limpopo. I hear the news talking about areas like KZN where um, the shortage of schools due to the flood damages um, with Limpopo short of actual schools. But believe you me, even in the Northwest, we still have parents who are still holding kids' hands 
walking around school to school saying, my child was kicked out from their previous school. They were disruptive in class. They were not coping in class. They had a slow progress compared to the others in class. Mm. What do I do? It is still a daily challenge. And as an organization, we are trying immensely to grab the ground and make sure that we hold almost almost each and everyone that we can with our hand and say, let's just try to knock into the district stores. Let's try and find your child a suitable school. Because to be honest, Katleho, um, we are still struggling and we are far behind with what we call inclusive education. There is an existence of white paper, but where does it exist? That's the main problem. Mm-hmm. And that's where we are. So as an organization, we are sitting here and we're saying, it's still a big struggle for us and uh, it won't be an overnight solved issue. But when we try to make an understanding amongst the parents, amongst the schools themselves, amongst um, the Department of Basic Education, I, I think those are the biggest, you know, three areas of a child's interest which need to relook and revisit what is it actually as a country we mean by inclusive education. Yeah, and also uh, when you look at uh, the fact that uh, you find parents then worrying a lot about what do they do, where do they go uh, with their young ones. Uh, I mean, there's only so much of organizations that would look after the young ones uh, during the day. But when you look at uh, facilities, uh, for instance, infrastructure, uh, that is something that is a cause for concern. And also, I mean, these are children with different needs, right? Uh, if we're just looking... Uh, at autism uh, on its own is broad. There are a lot of you've schooled us a lot as an organization about the different facets to autism or being on a spectrum. And also, uh, when you look at it, there would be a need then to capacitate even those that would help these young ones develop and their likes, meaning that we need to ensure that even those that are educators, uh, we need they need a proper training, a thorough training in a way that uh, would be able to ensure that education is pushed upon inclusively so that is correct and i think it was such a big blessing for us as an organization to Mm. really um work this journey with institutions such as lehigh mediclinic Mm. um, because they are assisting us holistically with the entire multidisciplinary health um, care facility. We have the likes of Dr. Khadi Tobejani, who has been on the ground. Mm. Um, I've seen that woman holding files up and down throughout the festive seasons, trying to make sure that she consolidates each and every child um, that we have assessed last year to make sure that they get proper placement and to get the intervention that is required. And thus far as an organization, again, we, 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 we really sit and we thank again, um, you know, entities uh, such as Samanko, Diko and Nacrom Mining, Mm -hmm. because I believe our partnership is the very first of its kind that has fully fleshly worked out there to walk into a public school in the mainstream area to say we need to curb the understanding of inclusive education and we are in the process of doing that because we have our very first remedial rooms that will be fully operational by February and when now when we say inclusive education we will be able to say pay us a visit and come and see what we are communicating um, what we are talking about because people tend to I think overthink what is required when a child requires a special educational need. Um, 
Now, we are talking about learners who have special educational needs and they find it harder, you know, than other people in the same grade or in the same class to make progress. And we're not just talking autism. Um, This may be due to a specific learning, you know, specific learning difficulties that are widely recognized. We're talking the likes of the hearing impairment. We're talking emotional um, irregulation, mental irregulation, health um, challenges, social difficulties, or even speech and language difficulties. So there are many criteria of looking at one who might require um, what we identify as educational special need because now it goes way overboard um, over the mental state of a child, over the health state of a child, even the social impact of a child Mm. knows how to impact them in terms of their academic comprehension. So to be honest, like I'm saying again, white paper, who does it refer to and where does it fully function? Because now we're talking about um, learners who are abled differently and who have different disabilities again, but now they are congested into one space. And this also confuses the teachers even at remedial schools, because if you ask them, who are you catering for? They wouldn't know how to tell you who are they catering for, one. And secondly, if you find a child who is in a good state of mind and they are at a special school and this child can fully understand themselves. They can fully even identify that I do not belong here. But you leave this child to grow into that space and when they reach 18, grade 3, they are out in the street. They don't even qualify to go to TVET. So that is nothing that is, you know, actually pairing up to inclusive education. So I think... The government needs to give us a clear indication. Yeah. Or yeah, I think most um, more organizations really need to emerge yeah. and kind of do what we do because we cannot be everywhere at the same time. But we can share idea. We can give each other some light. We can give each other some capacitation and do things differently in our different provinces. Yeah, and and what I really appreciate as well is that uh, you guys uh, year in year out, you just hit the ground running, right? You do it so selflessly. Uh, you're talking about Dr. Khadi Horka December. You know when we Rijalo to you know, and she was busy worried about uh, the young ones. You basically the pinnacle of hope uh, for a lot of families, a lot of parents, and like you say, uh, we need more of such organizations on the ground, centered uh, maybe by each and every street corner, uh, in a way that parents and the young ones won't feel alone, isolated, or even weird or uh, abnormal. Uh, you know, when they are in uh, these spaces or our communities, uh, keep doing what you're doing, Humoso. Uh, and I'm hoping that uh, as we hear that the government is working on uh, just a refining this white paper six uh, will then see uh, it open uh, for the public for public commentary uh, where then organizations like yourselves that are inundated with this work uh, can go there and then you give them an idea of what really needs to be done uh, because you are leaving this you are in this uh, every day so guide them in terms of just ensuring that this paper uh, finds meaning it's not just a paper that is there and then we don't see it working for uh, the people on the ground and, and just before I let you go as well, Homozo, I would like you to speak to parents. There are a lot of parents uh, that are uh, more or less going into this year so confused. Uh, others have not been fortunate to find a placement. 
have picked it up as well that uh, most of the parents uh, that uh, get stressed a lot would then be even parents of uh, teenagers. What do you do uh, with a child that is autistic and they're a teenager? Where do you take them? So there are a lot of considerations that will need to be uh, taken as we go into the new year. But we have you as our pinnacle of hope and uh, our cornerstone. Uh, so please let's speak to parents uh, this morning. Um. It's it's still a challenging one to be mm. honest, um, Katleho. I I'm I'm sitting here and just the other day we had a parent who came to our school at Mohajani who brought in a sixteen year old girl who says um she's just been moved from a special school and when she left the mainstream school, this child she was in grade um uh, grade two and mm. she was moved from the mainstream school, she was now not in any school for over a period of six, seven years. And when she was taken back in, she was taken to a special school. Now this child says she doesn't want to go back to a special school and she's only age 16. Now we're talking about a child whom we're supposed to nature and restart everything, you know, from the beginning. I'm talking in terms of spelling, reading, counting, even writing for that matter. So we have to start the child from A, and we actually were having a conversation with the principal to say, where do we rightfully place this child without making her, without putting her in a state of now resorting to being bullied mm-hmm. by other learners? Because there's also that factor. But at the same time, we need to put her in a space where she will cope well. So I'm glad to say with the remedial rooms that we have put up, remember we work in levels yeah. within the remedial room. So it will be easy and convenient for us to put her into the level space to have a vigorous intervention of our present 10 remedial teachers at that school to, you know, assist the learner until we see her gradually gravitate because we could see that she's actually a purely 100% understanding learner. It's just she was misplaced mm-hmm. due to age. Now, for me to say to you, Katleho, if a parent has a child with a condition or if they are overgrown at school, where do they take them? To be honest, as soon as this kid hits 16, 17, there's no hope for them in South Africa. So we try as an organization, yes, we try so hard to say we will intervene. We will try and visit the district houses and try to make them see sense. At least if we leave your child as a parent, we make sure that your child is um, readily assessed, um, screened and diagnosed by Lehigh Medicinic doctors. Then when we are done with your child, you know where actually your child is supposed to go. If it is now a special school, then it will be sadly, and which is not actually even not even a sad thing because it helps them as well. The question is, what kind of special school are we talking about, and which are non-existent right now in our country? So we need more remedial rooms within the mainstream. That will be the only thing that will propel inclusive education for the parents. Visit your nearest district, have conversation with them. And if they fail you, you can simply visit our website and we will know how to maybe try, get involved, engage and see how we can advocate for for the parent as well as the child at school, whichever school they may be at. Yeah. Hopefully we'll be able to yeah, to stretch our hands that far because we're also reaching out to the Eastern Cape. Yeah. Um first week of February we'll be in um Queenstown in Ezibeleni. Nice. So yeah, we are now extending foot into the Tosa land and we're hoping mm-hmm. to make a great impact there.
Bona, as go as far and beyond as as you want, uh, because yours is uh, an organization that is closing the gap, especially when you look at uh, young ones that are autistic. And I'm glad that uh, you know parents are not alone, right? Uh, they can uh, just lean towards you as an organization, and you'd give them guidance in terms of uh, where to go and how do we uh, then assess the young one in a way that we ensure that we'll push inclusive education and not leave uh, those young ones that are autistic or on spectrum uh, behind. So uh, before I let you go, uh, how do parents or people that are listening really uh, follow Petulo? How do we actually uh, ensure that we try by all means to get in touch with you uh, through the work that you continue doing? You're now into the going into the Eastern Cape and I'm sure other provinces, those that are listening right now, they're like, we too need a Petulo here uh, with us. How do we actually also ensure that we push sponsors and those that can help uh, to your platform uh, in a way that we can change lives. Um, just to steal a bit of more of your time again, um, mm. that would great help deal. So we 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 urging when we go to the Eastern Cape, we're not just to going to capacitate the parents, but we also go into um, hand over the baton to the mm. school to give them a system that they can apply to have their own remedial rooms when we are done and dusted with capacitating the principal, the SGB and the teachers as well for them to have exactly what we have in the Northwest. So when we do that whole program, yes, we do include sponsors in between and we're talking local businesses, we're talking private sectors, um, we, 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 we're communicating with the school, we're communicating with parents and we can actually make the change in each and every different province for any language that is required. Remember, we're also translating as well. So people can just simply go into our website. Our website is www.pyb.org.za. That's www.pyb.org.za. Or they can simply give us a call on 068-492-7191. That's 068-492-7191. That's where they can get hold of us. Yeah, Komoso, I really, really appreciate you, appreciate your time and the work that you do. Please pass our regards to uh, doctor, uh, our good doctor there, and of course, uh, everybody you. else uh, that is part of uh, you know the organization and, and continue doing what you're doing. You're changing lives, and someone really sees themselves through you. So where we can, uh, we'll support you uh, here as well. But I'd urge everyone to really rally behind 068 7191.www.pyb.co.za Let's check the work that they're doing there on the website. Komoto, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you very much for your time. You do the same. Thank you very much, Katako. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.